Hi, folks. Uh, I have a great interview this week and no content warnings. Um, for the rest of the show, though, I expect uh, there, there will w- be discussion of the election and swearing. And lots of swearing. And so there's your warning about swearing, so I don't yes. have to do that. Uh, the other warning is we have a house with animals. One of whom is trying to walk on your keyboard. Uh, to their, I think Sergey and Orange are trying to figure out who gets to sleep on the desk. Um, also, it's daytime, so the roosters are awake. And yeah, that. Yes, we are recording this quite early for us. Yes. So, anyway. Uh, Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 172. It is the day after Election Day here in the U.S. I took the day off because we spent last night uh, live streaming Seven Days to Die as an alternative to doom scrolling and to give other people an alternative to doom scrolling. If you go to Lizard Beth Arts... Uh, feed, you can find a link to the Twitch stream. It is archived for, I want to say something like 30 days. So if you want to watch like what's basically six or seven hours of Kevin and Liz and I, uh, getting eaten by zombies, me building an amazing base and breaking my leg approximately once every 20 minutes. Kevin dying constantly. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had the death bug really Only bad, to yeah. discover when the final day of the zombie horde descended on us that they have changed all of the uh, pathing mechanics for zombies since the last time I played, and my amazing base design was completely obsolete, and we died in 30 seconds. Yeah, it was it was harsh at the end, but funny. I, it I, was hilarious. Yeah, I was like, yeah. they're coming up. Wait, wait. No, they went for the door. Oh, God, we should take the ladder down. I went to take the ladder. I, I went to the thing to take the ladder down, and they were coming up through up the ladder because they can climb ladders now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that uh, that We're, we're going to – before we seven days to die again in a group setting, uh, I believe that some practice will need to be done on how to effectively build a base again. And if you're wondering what that has to do with productivity, I'll I'll be straight up. Um, We need breaks. At the moment, we need to not be doom-scrolling Twitter. Yeah. And as of this recording, uh, there is still no declared winner in the presidential race. Uh, Okay, let me rephrase that. Trump, of course, declared himself the winner last night. Right. But uh, that is illegitimate and Trump. Yeah. And so, uh, Biden the, is, has more votes. Yeah, moment, and, so. and we expect, frankly, a lot of fuckery over the next week or two. And yes. so I expect productivity is going to be hard for a lot of us, especially those of us in the States, uh, especially those of us who will be uh, disproportionately impacted should the current administration continue on. Yes. So – I just want to be upfront right now. If you're having trouble focusing, being productive or whatever, then that is going to be so perfectly normal that it's just like, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself in advance. Also, if you are moping, because even if Biden wins, we didn't take the Senate or whatever. Look, there is so much evil that can be prevented just by the White House. Like. Yeah. Betsy DeVos will be gone. The the attorney general who's defending all of Trump's cronies will be gone. This this pillaging of public lands being done by presidential order will be gone. The fucking border wall. The saguaros will be, you know, look, th- there is so much good that will come oh. of just not having Trump. So, you know, don't. My I God, realize uh, as progressives, our our natural political organization shape is the circular firing squad, but chill. Yeah, the the 
the refunding and repopulating of the employees of federal agencies alone. The post office, just the post office, will prevent a lot of this fuckery from happening four years from now, just changing the postmaster. Um, putting That's a win. Yeah. Hiring doctors and scientists at the CDC back? Yes, actually you know. listening to a, a pandemic response right. that, you know, involves science. But all of that is still just... You know, napkin, uh, yeah. napkin football right now, as it were. Hope is the mind killer. Right. I will not hope. I will allow hope to pass through me and only right. I will remain. So what I recommend really is... Escapism and a lot of it. Uh, yes. Do not doom scroll. I have a problem with this. Ursula has a problem with this. Liz has a problem with I this. I literally went into Liz's room this morning, said, get off Twitter, put on pants. We're going to go out and get breakfast and bring it back. Yeah. Because, yeah, and Liz was like, you're right, and I'm not even taking my phone with me. Wow, yeah. So, and, and yeah. Yeah, if, take some time, disconnect. I, it's addictive because it's just this FOMO feeling. Let me tell you something. It'll still be there when you get back. Yes. As a matter of fact, it might have changed six times by the time you get back. And guess what? That's six immediate updates of stress hormones you won't have to get. Because just walking away from it and letting it be because there's nothing you can do except watch at the moment is, you know, it's not healthy. And And I will put in the qualifier for many of us. Yeah. Uh, especially be, I mean, I, originally for, you know, just all of us friendless introverts, but uh, largely because of the pandemic, much of our support systems now are on social media. Yeah. I understand that completely. Like, uh, the, you know, I, I, you are all of my, you are my pocket friends. You are, yeah. you know, my, my cheering section and I love you guys. And I know that I am, you know, a whole bunch of you's pocket cheering section. So there's, it, it's, it feels like giving up. The doom scrolling also means giving up your connection to the other people who know what the hell you're going through. And uh, I understand that. If you can curate lists of positivity, do. uh, But it's really hard right now because... I I have a list that is nothing but the people who generally post chicken pictures. Yeah. Chicken Twitter. The problem is, of course, that the list doesn't filter the way I do on my main timeline where I say turn off retweets. Lists do not care for that. So you'll still get that that in there. So, and I am, you know, I freely admit I am not a a safe, happy, positivity place on Twitter either. I will retweet, you know, lots of election stuff. Uh, I am probably better than a fair number of people in that regard. But I'm, I'm trying to be uh, yeah. careful. I'm trying to be really careful with it because. Like, if I see something funny that's been retweeted a billion times, I might actually, you know, quote tweet it and put in some commentary. But overall, like, I'm trying not to retweet all of the political stuff because I, I kind of want to keep my feet a place where people can go and see chicken pictures and maybe funny commentary uh, occasionally. Uh, but that's – I mean, that's now. Who knows what will happen by the end of the week. Yeah, like um, I am I am looking at my feed right now and it is currently like you know uh 90% politics. So Yeah. You know, that's that's 
like the, just things that I am retweeting or tweeting. Yes, that's yeah. so. There's some chicken pics. There's you know stuff, right. but but the, but the whole idea here is it's there. It's tempting if you're going to do it. Set time limits. Set timers. Put put something in place so that you don't spend the next week or two weeks or three months or whatever just constantly feeding that little serotonin hit or dopamine yeah so sergey stepped on the keyboard and stopped the recording <laughs> i should have seen that coming the the whole yeah the but the whole idea is that every time you update you're getting a dopamine hit uh, yeah every good time or bad you think, yeah yeah and that is going to be it it's it's addictive. It's um, hard to deal with, you know, outside of that. So if you have to doom scroll or and constantly update social media to get the latest, the latest, try to put limits on it so that you do not, like, ruin your stomach with stress hormones and acid reflux. Or if you're already in that anxiety-ridden state, as apparently Sergey is now, that Orange has gone after him, um, <laughs> to, to, to try to uh, limit the impact, because it, it doesn't impact just you. Yeah, it's, it's you being stressed is not activism. Nope. You making yourself miserable does not make the world a better place in any significant way. And if you're sharing a house with other people, um, they may be going through the same thing, and it becomes a feedback loop. Right. Designate one person in the house, perhaps the one who you know isn't going to stop doom scrolling anyway, as the uh, update us, you know, once a day on what has been decided so you know you won't miss anything. So in this house, I'm the designated non-doom scroller? Uh, no, in this house, I'm the designated doom scroller because we all know I'm not stopping. You, neither is Liz, which means no, the No, Liz, Liz has vowed to go okay. play The Sims and build her castle. All right, then. See? There we go. And in fact, I am uh, – once this is over, I am going to go find my damn bulb planter, plant out those, uh, those bulbs that need to get in the ground, and then I'm going to play Oxygen Not Included, which okay. is a great game to obsess over. Uh, speaking of dopamine hits, because everything, you're just like, I could just make a little better. Oh, I just found this thing. Every time you get a little bit ahead, something starts to break, and then you fix that, and then you get a little bit ahead, and you're like, oh, I could do this thing. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, and I've got I've got podcasts to edit. And frankly, my video gaming habits lately have been by... Uh, if I had a therapist, they would probably be sounding alarm bells, because I think I put like 120 hours on Oxygen Not Included uh, in the last two weeks. Yeah. And that's uh, that's like literally full days of of like working. <laughs> I just just in three or four hours after work on generally nightly, uh, I've almost completed Warcraft three. I mean, I could sit down probably and do it all in a weekend, right? This is the the Warcraft three um, uh, reforged version because I never played the original, and I know everybody out there screaming, "How could you not have played?" the original Warcraft three. So, but I didn't. And, uh, now I am, and the story's great. And I don't see any of the warts that everybody who'd played the original was screaming about when reforged came out. So whatever. Um, anyway, but, our point yeah. is, uh, you have absolution to have unhealthy escapism habits for the next week or two. And frankly, for the week before or two that led up to this, this yeah. week is going to be, 
really long. In fact, the next three months or the next uh, basically are, it's going to be really long. Okay, yeah. even even if Biden wins, really long. You do if if the way you're getting through it is gaming yourself into a stupor for escapism. Do it. It's healthier than drinking yourself to a blackout. Yeah, I mean, as we are here in what I sort of jokingly call the second century of March 2020. This um, next week is going to make March look like August. Right, right. Well, I, far as I can tell, March never ended. So Yes, the endless March. The endless the death yeah, March, as uh, it were. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe too soon on that one. Um but that's, I mean, but that's where we are, right? So do your best to keep your brain healthy. Take breaks. Disconnect if you can. If you happen to be in a place that has amenable weather, go outside. Yes. Away from screens. Get some natural sunlight. I know this all sounds poofy frou-frou. Cats are knocking shit over. Yeah. Um, but believe it or not, It'll help. And I, uh, for my sad friends at home, uh, I ordered a sun lamp. Yes. And part of my problem, I was reading up on it because Kevin was looking at things and fine, and was like, okay, we can get one, but I don't know when you're supposed to have it. Maybe you need it in the evening. And I'm like, no, you're always supposed to do it in the morning. But uh, some people are supposed to do it in the evening who are working like third shift or something. So yeah. I uh, finally went and dug around on it and discovered that I should have been diagnosed with delayed sleep phase disorder years and years ago. Ah. Uh, left to my own devices, I if I do not have an external um, reason, basically, i.e. Kevin, uh, <laughs> when I lived alone, I will stay up till four and I will sleep until noon every day. Yes. Uh, that is, that is when Kevin leaves for the weekend, basically, I immediately turn to that. You do. You, you really do. Like it's, it's instantaneous. I don't even spend a day on a normal schedule. I, I go to that. I am routinely telling you, like, I'll be coming on shift at 4 a.m. and I'm routinely, you know, at a convention or something and I'm telling you to go to bed. Yeah. And, uh, the interesting thing about this is that basically, um, I even think disorder is a strong term. Uh, and in fact, a couple of the websites are very clear that it's only a disorder in so much as it is socially unacceptable to the rest of the world. Uh, it's, it is not that, uh, that there is necessarily anything wrong with me so much as the rest of the world doesn't run on this schedule. Right. So, right. um, like websites even said socially, you know, unacceptable schedule. So, and the the worst part is that like you might be operating on. I think you're operating fairly close to Hawaii time right now. But Probably. if you go to Hawaii, your body will naturally shift to go back into this time in into the into the same angle. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like you can just change time zones. The which only would be time great. that I have stayed for like a week or two on a early morning wake up was when we had gotten back from Botswana and everything was so cooked that <laughs> yeah. 
I was like getting up at 6 a.m. no matter what. And yeah. uh, and that was great. I got a lot done in the morning. And then I, you know, then my body clock finally figured out. So if this describes you, look up delayed sleep phase disorder. Yeah. The trick is apparently that if you get a sudden lamp, and it will go hand in hand with sad, ironically, because, of course, you're only active for like half the daylight hours right. that the rest of the world is, uh, which is how I found it, because uh, basically subclinical sad is, is if you have the one, there's a very good chance you have the other. Uh, so I got a sun lamp and the on order, and it's supposed to arrive today, actually. And yeah. it's uh, a little one that goes on the wall, and basically, as soon as I wake up naturally in the morning, i.e. at noon, I hit the button on it, and while I am doom scrolling uh, and checking my email for 15, 20 minutes, I just sit there in bed with the light blazing on my head. And uh, you, you, you want to be looking sort of, you don't have to stare at it. You just have to be facing it. You can be on the computer. You can do whatever. And supposedly, uh, this helps sort of shift you somewhere, shift you earlier and earlier morning-wise. And so we'll hope. Because, I mean, if the world ran on my schedule, I would have no problem with it. You know? I we don't. What? But we don't. No, it's – and it's only so much of a nuisance as – like, it's annoying because even though I get all of my work done in what for me is the morning, pretty much, <laughs> i.e. four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's done by what would be, you know, noon if I got up at eight. Uh, it means that I spend a vast amount of time basically indoors in bed while Kevin is doing the wind down and I'm in the middle of my day. And, you know, I feel like... It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'll report back how the lamp does and also the brand and everything, which I have, of course, completely forgotten now. Yeah. So, and that'll be that'll be our experiment as it goes on. Yep. And another experiment I am doing is I routinely get promotional emails about have our productivity expert and their new productivity thing on your show. And most of them go straight in the trash bin. Like I've been getting them two or three a month now for the entire run of the show. And I I mean, I read them all. I don't just can them all. And I finally hit one that looked most of them just look too obviously like just promo. Yeah, it's it's just this is a boilerplate promo. Well, one came in and the person the 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 marketing person, the promotional person at this time had actually apparently taken the time to read the website and listen to an episode. So I said, "Hey, okay, now you've got my attention." Is the first one that did that. And so what I'm going to do is I would like to, okay, yeah, maybe we can talk to this author, but I'd also like to interview the person who runs the company. And so I got this interview with Larissa Banting, who is the head of a promotions and marketing company. But this isn't her first job. She has had so far uh, to pivot in her life twice. Once because of a big 
change in lifestyle, and the second because of the fucking pandemic. And so I had a fascinating conversation with Larissa, and I'm going to have that for you right after this. here today with Larissa Banting, and I'm very excited to have Larissa on. Larissa is uh, an owner of a promotions agency, of all things, I think, to be specific. And Larissa, can you maybe do a significantly better introduction than I just did and uh, tell us a little bit about what it is you do as part of that? Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a publicist and I have a publicity agency called uh, LBPR, which is a play on my initials because everyone always call, used to call me LB. So I thought I'll, I'll embrace it. And so what we do is we work with entrepreneurs and help them get on podcasts like this, as well as get into magazines and newspapers, even television, radio, basically help them step up and take their proper place in the spotlight. And uh, it's something I feel very passionately about. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory into, into what I've done. Um, I was a publicist in Canada for many years, since t- 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, was working on a movie, came to Costa Rica to work on this movie in 2001, met this handsome actor on set, and uh, decided to leave everything behind. And I moved down in 2002, not knowing how to speak Spanish beyond ordering a beer. So that's, I mean, that's the important remember, bit, right? <laughs> that's the important, the, the first things you learn, right? Um, yeah. Now, if you remember, like in the Wayback Machine in 2002, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We still had dial-up internet and laptop lifestyle was not a thing. So I had to pivot because I didn't, uh-huh. I couldn't do my job here in a new country I did, where I didn't speak the language. So um, I opened up a destination wedding planning company and we were one of the first in Central America. I didn't have money for magazine ads because back in the day, that's how you, you got oh, the yeah, word yeah, out yeah, for yeah. weddings. Mm-hmm. They're super expensive. So I, I started doing my own PR. And by my third year, we were named top 30 in the world by Destination Weddings and Plannings, uh, Destination Weddings and Honeymoons magazine. And that just blew the doors off. So we hit seven figures in our first, in our fourth year of business, and I had 14 wow. employees. Yeah. So that was all from the power of PR. So this is why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I feel it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs just don't think about. They're all into the social media and that's great, mm-hmm. but, but you can get a lot more with PR. I, my, my wife is an author. She has oh. a, um, another novel. I, I can't say a novel. Uh, it's sort of like another novel at this point. She's had several. Um, and the publicity support from publishers can make or break a book. And so it's been, you know, very interesting to watch the difference between here's a book and the publicity department 
has been out and about and generating sales and things like that versus when a publisher doesn't know what to do with it, right? And so doesn't have their publicity or their you know their appearances or, or anything like that. Big big difference between the two. So I I myself at least understand the value of of uh, a publicist for sure. That's great. Yeah, actually, with speaking about books, I'm doing a I'm I'm working with a lot of um, book coaches right now mm-hmm. because you know they take their their authors to the publishing stage, but then after that, it's like you know people think that oh if I write it they'll come, and as you know it doesn't work that way. And um, so many books they just kind of wither on the vine because the, oh, yeah. they don't take that next step. Yeah, especially um, in the self-published space, if you do not have a, a built-in fan base. And there's a lot of talk, at least from what I've seen, about how you should be doing social media blitzes and and this and that and when you're self-published, but authors aren't publicists. <laughs> no. No. In fact, that's why I'm, I'm actually creating a training just for book authors about how to do their own PR because I see it's, it's a huge need in the market. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that a little later, I think. Um, all right. So how do you keep yourself organized with all this stuff going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a, I took some tests yesterday, and it was something like I'm a, a I mean, I know I'm a polygot. So um, I, I still live and die by my, my day timer. I, I have, I'm visual. I have to see things written down. So I write everything down, but I also have my um, my Google Calendar, and so I keep everything in the Google Calendar and my to-do list. And um, I've taken the plunge and hiring a VA finally because, um, you know, you get to that point in your life and you're just like, why am I spending all this time on the dollar an hour tasks, and it's taking me away from like the hundred or a thousand dollar an hour. Yeah, and that's. Um... That's something that is that is kind of interesting. I, I dabbled when VAs first started coming out, and for those of you who don't know, that's virtual assistant. Um, and uh, it was it was certainly an interesting thing. Um, but this was maybe fifteen twenty years ago, and I, I found out that really I don't need it. If mm-hmm. if I needed one, I can sort of see the value there, and uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. All right, uh, but daytime are still on the paper. Still on the paper. I love my paper because I can cross things off. And as it gives me that little sense of accomplishment, I also um, am really into doing time blocking. So, you know, like blocking. uh, I'm actually one of my Mm -hmm. my clients is a productivity strategist and and specialist. And she came from the IT world herself. Um, So I've been learning a lot from her. Um, One thing I'm doing, which I find has been a a game changer, even though it's only Mm -hmm. been a month, is once a week. I block off a day as being untouchable. So I'm alternating between Fridays and and Tuesdays. So that means that I block it off in my, in my uh, calendar so that no one can schedule a meeting. Mm-hmm. Because I find like, I love talking to people and I love working with my clients, but to have that chunk of time where I can just like dive into the work and think and not be having to switch gears. Cause they say every time you switch, the cognitive switching is it takes 20 minutes to get back I've, up to where you were before you I've switched. heard 15, but yeah. Yeah. 
And it may just be that because I'm in a technical field, it's it's a lot easier to go, okay, where was I in the code? What was I doing? Uh, versus in a more, uh, what we would call soft skills in, yeah. <laughs> in the IT. Yeah, I'm definitely all soft skills. So that's what I'm, I've been doing. And also the Pomodoro, just like, you know, putting my, my timer on and just like mm-hmm. all in. Because the other thing we were talking about, it was actually we were just talking about this this morning with my client, is... Mm-hmm. Um, that whole principle where oh, I can't remember the fellow's name because I'm still working on coffee. Uh, but basically it's like a goldfish, you know, like it'll expand, mm-hmm. like time will expand to whatever container you put it in. So, you know, this whole eight hours a day is kind of an arbitrary container for employees. Right. But honestly, if you, if you start it like just giving yourself 40 minutes to get this task done, you'd be amazed mm-hmm. at how much you could get done. So that's, um, it's almost like a little game. So I'm doing that with myself as well. It's like, okay, I'm just going to put the timer on for 20 minutes and just, you know, bang through this. It's like when you, right before you, you go on vacation, like think mm-hmm. about, you get so much accomplished that day before you leave for vacation. I'm like, <laughs> I should do this every day. Right? Yes. I, I try to do it the week before vacation because the day before vacation, all I can think about is vacation myself. So, um, especially if we're headed off to, uh, Sci-fi convention or something like that. My head is an all in, you know, all the logistics around getting there. And uh, if we're an exhibitor or a guest, uh, the the logistics around what we have to set up and talk to and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I hear you. Yeah. Whenever it's like, oh yeah, um, there's a va- there's a holiday coming up, and I want to knock this out before we have a three day weekend. Uh, yeah, that can be really motivating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, daytimer, man. I'm I'm using Filofaxes these days, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something about you know pen to yeah. paper. It just um, and I've read psychologically it also it it has a very different effect than just putting things electronically. And well, and that varies by person. I know some people who just cannot do it electronically, and some people who are just like, "Why would I use paper?" So it's yeah. it's yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so we've already kind of touched on this because we've talked about uh, uh, Pomodoro and time blocking. Are there any other systems or habits that you find particularly valuable? Um, I myself love to hear like I need to have music playing in the background. And um, but, but but soothing music. Like, I'm not someone. I, I'm always amazed by people who can have a television in the background because I I never watch TV. So mm-hmm. whenever I see a television, I'm it's, I'm like a magnet to it. Like I can't take my my focus away. Right. So I really need to have that um, kind of that calm atmosphere with you know just music in the background. Sometimes I'll hot light a candle. Um, you know, just to, to kind of keep, keep me very calm. And, um, I think because, you know, my having worked in weddings for mm-hmm. so many, for 17 years, which is a very high stress job, I just like to be in that space. And also I feel like it just opens a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. A, extreme opposite for me. I'm, I'm all about the heavy metal and uh, darkness when, when I'm like, all right, I have to get in the zone. I'm going to put on the music that, is a hindbrain function in terms of lyrics and gets me pumped and I'm just going to go and write code right now. Um, so uh, soothing, I guess soothing might work for certain tasks, 
But like when I'm on call and it's just going to be thing, 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 just one after the other, I, I need that extra energy. So Yeah, I think maybe writing code, I mean, writing code is very different, I think, from mm-hmm. writing prose. And yeah. I do a lot of writing. And, you know, so that's, I think it's because it's a very um, left brain versus right brain. Perhaps that's the difference. Maybe, maybe. What else uh, falls into the into the sort of habits that help keep you moving forward? Um, I I like to have you know a goal like what can I what am I going to bang out this week? And on Friday, I got, just having an accountability partner. Um, oh yeah, that has huge. that's been huge because just to have someone that you have to like you know, check in with and be like, okay, well, what did you get done? Did you get it done? What you said Monday, did you get it done Friday? Just come on. Mm -hmm. That is a huge motivator because um, I've always been very competitive and uh, you know, I was in varsity sports and whatnot. So um, to, to not have that sort of to come and say, no, I didn't get it done Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, well, so (laughs) Yeah, having an accountability partner, it just really keeps you like focused, right? And also, um, saying no. I mean, that to me is one of the most powerful words in the universe because people think it's negative. Mm-hmm. But when you say no to something, it means you're saying yes to something else. And you're opening up that space because the reality is, you know, we, we you can't save time like that. That is a misnomer. Right. You know, it's not something tangible. You can't place it into a con- container for later. So we we all have I know it's cliche, but we all have the same 24 hours a day mm-hmm. is how we choose to use it. And, um, you know, I, I used to think that, this, hey, I'm an amazing multitasker because I am my, my brain. Um, you know, my daughter the other day, she was like. I'll just all of a sudden come out with a non sequitur because we're like, she's like, wait a second. We were just talking about this. I know. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I left that conversation behind in my brain and now I'm moving on to this one. Yeah. So because my brain just is always like zipping around, I used to wear that as a badge of honor. Like, Oh, my multitasker, I can do five things at once. And (laughs) now I'm realizing that it's actually, um, I, I, I did, um, the 90 day year. I know mm-hmm. if you're familiar. Yeah. So I've done 90 day a year a couple of times. And it, that really made me realize that um, this is it's, you're working against yourself. Like being a multitasker is exactly what you do not want to do if you want to accomplish great things. And it's much better to focus on one thing, get that done and then move on to the next. Yeah. And I'm so guilty of that because I'd have all these unfinished projects, you know, and uh, and it's just like, OK, I just I'm saying no. And I'm going to focus on what I really want. I'm really good at and what I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, experience comes that wisdom comes with that. And I right. think when you're younger, you kind of feel like you're still figuring figuring it out. What am I good at? And that's a problem when you are good at a lot of things. And I'm not saying this to be boastful. I, it's just, I have a, I, I have a pretty good set of, of tools that I can unpack. And that's been my problem. What do I focus on? Oh, I'm, I'm really good at, I know I'm a published author. I maybe I should focus on my copywriting. Um, and then someone contacted me last month about copywriting for them. And I actually, I was very proud of myself because I said, 
thank you. I really appreciate you wanting to hire me, but I'm not taking on copywriting anymore. Right. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when I'm going to fix something around the house or whatever, and I've got the toolbox and the toolbox is full of all these tools. It's like, well, yeah, I can break out the, the skill saw and this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, you just need a wrench. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to get the, the power drill out if I'm tightening like a, a doorknob. I mean, I might want yeah. to, but, but it's, you know, go with the, go with the thing that works. Don't try to find or try to use all the tools in the box at a time. Well, you know, and the other thing too, I think, you know, Kevin is that I feel like when you're so good at something, like when you're, when, when you're a master at that tool, mm-hmm. because it seems so natural and it seems like it's so easy you feel like, oh, well, now I got to focus on something else. I've got to learn, you know, because this is too easy. Like I can't possibly be making my living off of this because doesn't right. everybody do this easily? Yeah. And, and I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of us struggle with. And then when you finally embrace it and you realize, no, this is my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. This is what um, I do so well. And other people are willing to pay me good money for this because I've, I'm a master at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've done my 10,000 hours and <laughs> they don't want us. I mean, that's the thing. People, we only, again, we only have so many hours in the day and right. where you've spent your 10,000 hours to use. Um, I can't remember who was that. I can't remember who came up with the 10,000 oh, hours. I can't remember that one either. Oh, man. Um, I know what you're talking about, I, I, but now it's just not clicking in my head. I know. It's like, but there, there's a whole, that whole concept that you need 10,000 hours to master, to, to truly right. master something, be it writing or playing hopscotch or chess or whatever. And once you've mastered, you've got those 10,000 hours accumulated, then you've, you are a master. Because you think about how many years that would be to be practicing that. And in my case, I've been doing, you know, I started PR in 1993. Right, like, right. That's, that's a long time. In, in an industry that uh, is a make or break, Right. Because you started in the movie industry or the entertainment industry. And if if you're not good at it and the film, TV show, whatever, doesn't make enough money, then you're going to get passed up. Yeah. The the whisper, the whisper networks are alive and well. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 And isn't even though I was in the union, it still doesn't matter. But, you know, um, it's uh yeah, and that was a tough. It was it was tough for me to ha- you know to to make that pivot because it was mm-hmm. something I really loved doing, and and it's and I think a lot of people now because of COVID are pivoting, mm-hmm. and I understand and and I myself have pivoted again from the weddings back to PR, um, which was always in the cards this past two years, but then with COVID it just kind of sped up the the timeline. So many people I know are having to make these adjustments. Because their traditional line of work, their profession, whatever, is uh, being severely impacted. Um, customer service, uh, vacation planning destinations. Um, you know, those of us, uh, I know several artists and authors who conventions and personal appearances are a big part of their their how they how they generate income and. Like 2020 is a complete wash on that. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the fact the people who've done well have been managed to pivot quickly mm-hmm. to virtual 
conferences. In fact, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I was just saying earlier, I'm, I was in like actually three virtual summits this weekend. And, um, I mean, two of them would normally mm-hmm. be taking place in a ballroom right. at a hotel and, uh, at a much higher price point. So in a way, this is, has sort of like, it has opened the door. So it's more, um, you know, they can have 300 people participating right. at $197 versus, you know, 80 people at, at 3000 or whatever, $2,000. So it's, it's much more, I think it's opened the stage, so to speak, to mm-hmm. a wider participation. Um, people internationally. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're in Australia, you're not going to start flying in halfway across the world for a three day conference unless it's like some really major conference. I right? know it, it, it varies. Uh, one of the, the things about uh, being a genre author is that you will get invitations to, um, let's see, we've done guest of honor appearances now in um, Berlin, all over the U.S. I think we've got one coming up in Montreal next year um is it montreal uh, somewhere in canada I'll, I'll find out when we get closer um okay well if you go to montreal you have to go and get some bagels best bagels oh, in the world i used to live i used to live in montreal so i i have been told over and over by all of my canadian friends and it was like uh when we went to um when i was in toronto last year for work um and and work will send me places too yeah we had a conference uh, a a literally a a an entire division of the company. We all got together in Toronto for a week. Uh, but it was like, all right, oh, I see you're in Toronto. You need to go here and here and here. And it's like, okay, I will do my best around work. And um, mostly we spent it at, uh, at the one bar downtown that had a lot of pinball machines. <laughs> so um, <laughs> beer and pinball, it's... it's Beer and pinball, I, yeah. Well, can, we've we got... Because I'm very good breweries in in, uh, in the Toronto area. I I my I grew up just in 45 minutes, about halfway between uh, Toronto and Niagara Falls, and I went to school in Toronto. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So, oh, did I mention, by the way, in our pre that tangents are okay too? I meant to. Okay, no, I love tangents. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my brain works. I go off on a tangent. That's fine. That's um, fine. Yeah. No, no, I mean, that's the thing. And like for my, like myself, like our company, our wedding planning business, we had our last event in February. Right. And, um, because then, of course, you know, March, we closed our borders here in, cause I'm in Costa Rica. We closed the borders March 18. And everything I, ha- I had one, I've had one event cancel. Everything else has been shifted to 2021. Yeah. We had one, we had one event has, postponed twice now it's now it's been pushed into january so we're hoping for third time to charm and then one that had already been pushed in november now we're pushing it into next year so that i have not there's nothing left this year for our company because of of covid so i'm you know like luckily i have my like other tools in my tool belt and um and i was like i said i was i was we i my the whole thing was we were already had set this up so it just kind of made that push that, yeah, this is where we need to obviously yeah, focus from now on. Yeah, accelerated versus uh, having to make a, a, a that whole long transition of handling both at the same time. Yeah. No, it was the universe just like was like, okay, this is what's happening. Okay, perfect. Thinking of making 
the universe making things happen. Sun comes up every day. What does your typical day look like? Like, what do you do first? <laughs> or how do you decide well, what to do first? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to, I'm, I'm bad with this, is that I first thing I do is I reach my phone. And I know that's bad. Um, I usually like to start out with just reading some some stuff on Quora, just to kind of mm-hmm. get my my brain thinking. Um, <clears throat> and then it's just like, I you know, I'm lucky I have this. I, I live on a mountain, so I have a beautiful mm-hmm. view. So I like to, you know, make some good, fresh ground Costa Rican coffee, take it in, feed the dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, and then just kind of, you know, like kind of center myself for right. the day. And uh, and then yeah, I just jump in and get started on what's the eat the frog first, as they say. Like okay. what is the big thing? <laughs> so that usually, um, I try to get the writing out. Because I find like by the end of the day, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm tired and I'm not as creative. So I try to, you know, think about like structure things. So what are the easy things I have to do? And that can go at the end. Um, but the more, you know, complicated things like the actual writing of, of, you know, articles or, um, editing, uh, pitches and that type of thing that, that I do first thing. It, it takes me a good two, three hours to get my brain moving forward fast enough to be able to do the complicated things. So, but uh, I hear you on coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not someone that drinks coffee throughout the day. Like I, I'll have maximum two cups in the morning and that's that my body just does not want anything. Doesn't want it beyond that. Yeah. I am jealous that you're able to get the, the Costa Rican uh, coffee at, probably less than what I would even imagine and fresher than anything. So. Yeah. Well, it, I, I actually, Kevin, you're going to hate me for this, but if I walk one kilometer up my mountain, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of coffee fields. Oh man. All right. All right. <laughs> Only a little jealous. Only a little jealous. Um, yeah. No, it's cool I, no, I'm not at that point, but um, I, we be, the, the beauty that this is a thing I've always wanted. And I thought it'd be such a cool tour to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how they do like wine tours, but to mm-hmm. do coffee tours because we have so many different zones and um, every zone because of the, you know, we have various volcanoes. And so there's a lot of uh, the, the soil is so rich. Yeah. And depending on what altitude you're at, you know, like where I'm at, like, if I go up a kilometer, there's giant towering pine trees and the temperature literally just all of a sudden drops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's amazing. We have so many microclimates here. It's, it's incredible. So just depending on where you go, mm-hmm. there's a completely different landscape and it'll totally have a different effect on how the coffee tastes. And, and not all the coffee is harvested at the same time because they have different growing seasons depending on um, what part of the country you're at. And and here in the States, it's just like, oh, this is a Costa Rican coffee blend, which means mm-hmm. they're probably taking several of those different flavors to kind of to bring it together. I have never I don't think I've ever had a, a single source yet, a single source Costa Rican coffee. So you look for t- one of the best in the world. Uh, it actually, it was, um, I, I think, the last couple of years where they have like the coffee auctions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been uh, I believe it's from Terezu which Terezu is one of the volcanoes. Um, that area is renowned for its coffee. And it, I think that it won the, the, had the most expensive at the auction 
okay. for in the world. Yeah. So but if you can find Terra Zoo, T-E-A, no, T-E-R-R-A-Z-U, Terra Zoo, amazing coffee. Got really it. good balance. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, of course, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can actually, if um, there's a small, there's Cafe Brit that will deliver to the U.S. Okay. So they're like, they're like the big. Um, they were the first like um, coffee exp, like kind of like gourmet coffee ex company here in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and a small one which actually was owned by my friends. Um, it's oh, okay. called Cafe Cafe Milagro. Um, so they actually have a, a roaster in just outside of Manuel Antonio, which is um, a very famous beach town. Mm-hmm. So they do, they work with all small um, micro growers and they do, they roast their own beans and they deliver to the U S. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely going to look that one up. So awesome. And link in the yeah, show notes for those of you at home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so what is the best advice you have been given or would give somebody else? Um, about, about productivity or just in general? Just in general. I mean, if, if I, I had someone come on and give like three different pieces, three different things based on context, work, personal life, and just life in general. So just the best advice you would give. The best or have advice. Yeah. Um, I think from my own experience is from a business perspective, be on top of your numbers. You know, um, you know, I've, I'm a, I'm a creative person. So I've, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't like math. I, I can, I can multiply and subtract mm-hmm. and, and add in my brain, like no problem. But, to sit down with a spreadsheet, it's just like my eyes glaze over. So I always have that story in my head that I'm not good with numbers, so I'll just leave it to my staff. And that's the worst thing that someone as a business owner can possibly do. So even if you don't like numbers, make sure you know exactly what's going on in your business. Right. And be on top of it. And trust no one. Just to, to quote Fox Mulder, trust no one. That's that's actually funny. We've been rewatching the X Files the last week. We're we're like mostly through season two right now, and so just to have that reference pop up, it's like, oh yeah, no, I know, I know exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love that show. Um, you know, the entire runs on Hulu, or the entire f- original run, so you can just stream it all at once. Oh. Oh, really? So I'll have to okay. yeah. try to change the IPS or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. ISP. I don't know. I'm not techie. Um, yeah. yeah. So that'd be that one piece of advice. And mm-hmm. then I think the the best piece of advice mm-hmm. I've ever had right. was from my father. And my father was, he, he was, he was like from another era, literally. Um, he was born in 1917. Okay. Yeah. And you know, so he was a gentleman's gentleman. He was a pilot in World War II, although he never saw action. Um, conducted an orchestra on the radio, even though he didn't play an instrument and didn't, had no idea how to write, read music. He was just one of these guys. Like he just he he just w- went all in. He ended, yeah. and, you know, he was a producer of the largest uh, ethnic festival in Canada. Like he used to have a hundred thousand people over four days, and 
Yeah. So I mean, he was just like someone who just embraced life. And his motto was always, well, nobody told me that I couldn't do it. That's, yeah. So that's... I couldn't do it. Yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, I remember one of his stories. Actually, this is a funny story. Okay. Mm -hmm. I moved to Edmonton. Like Edmonton is, you know, in Alberta, it's... Oh yeah, it's a pretty sprawling and it's flipping cold. Like I mean, <laughs> minus thirty-five Celsius, minus forty. Like that's for real. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there aren't polar bears running around. That's just how it goes. And um, it was like, I remember standing at the bus and and I couldn't feel my legs anymore. And I was like, this is dumb. I need a car. And then I was like, okay, but I don't have the money for a car. How do I get a car? I know right. I'll sell cars because they lend you a vehicle to drive around. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. And right. um, I, I found, you know, it was a Suzuki dealership. They were looking for a salesperson. So I had to take this test and, you know, it's a psych- psychology test. I minored in psych. I knew exactly what to put. So they bring me, they whisk me into the office. And then the guy's like, okay, so the manager's like, so tell me, why do you want to sell cars? And of course, I, I'm like, I can't tell him I want to sell cars because I need a car. Right, so right. I came up with this elaborate story that I, and I was like, oh, well, it's because my father sold cars at one point in his life. And I wanted to continue the family tradition. I did. I just made that up. I thought. <laughs> and, but, um, I got the job, mm-hmm. sold a car my very first day. Um, you know, pure luck. I realized I didn't know anything about cars. So I used to go and hang out in the back in the shop with the mechanics to learn as much as I could. So by my third month, I, w- I had one like top salesperson in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Nissan came and asked me to go work for them. So, mm-hmm. um, cause at that point I was, there was only one other female salesperson in the entire province. This oh, is like 1990, gone. 1991. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very much the old boys network, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it yeah. Um, and, you know, and I did well, like my, my best month, I sold 23 vehicles. That's almost one crazy. a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Um, so anyways, but I get home and I'm visiting, I tell him my, I mean, telling my dad the story. He's like, well, actually I did sell cars. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <that?" laughs> Cause I like, my father has, has done like everything. Right. Um, uh, and I'm like, wait, and he's like, yeah, yeah. But I was back in the dirty thirties, you know, like I just finished high school and it was like, you know, the depression. And one of my buddies made a bet with me that I couldn't get a job selling cars. So of course I said, bring it on. So he walks in, you know, some what behind the ears teenager, uh, walks into, I think it was the Ford dealer and says yeah. he wants to sell, wants a job. The guy's like, get out of here, kid. And uh, my dad goes, well, that's too bad because the Chrysler dealership down the road gave me, offered me a position and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, my dad got the job at Ford and was selling cars. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Only in the 30s, I want to say. Only in the 30s. (laughs) So, yeah, so that, that was my father. So that was, like, that's kind of like what I grew up with. And so I, um, I've always just kind of lived life with that sort of, I, I you know, like, well, well, sure, let's just go ahead and do this. I'll, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what Richard Branson says? He just says, you know, say yes and figure it out. 
And although I, I have to say I'm finding the power of no, I think as you have to be yes pretty intense too. So I think I think we, I think there's a, there's always that balance. I mean I think mm-hmm. I think you have to like really be like you have to be very what's the word I'm looking for discerning about what you say yes to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just, if you do want to say no, but if you just say no all the time then you have nothing. So you, you know, you're, you're saying that no to open that space up for that really great. Yes. Yeah. As, uh, uh, my, my cousin actually, uh, told me, um, she used to say yes to everything and realized that part of saying no was you were opening up opportunities for other people that, uh, yeah. you know, at her workplace, she would say yes. And she would say yes. And maybe there were people who were better, that could do the thing that just were never getting the opportunity because she was overloading herself, t- trying to take everything on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You don't, don't you, that's the thing. The thing about the power of no is, is not, is having the power to not feel like you need to do everything, but mm-hmm. opening that space up to do something that you, you really want to do or that you're really good at, you know, like, yeah. again, it's like, why am I going to spend my time on these $1 an hour tasks? when I could be focused on something that's going to give me a much higher, a much higher value, me, yeah. my clients, my life. Oh, no, absolutely. All right. Two questions left. Okay. So we're going to start with the one that has been called the easy, but sad question by okay. many people. Um, Failure is a part of everything. Um, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Howard Taylor's Schlock Mercenary. It's a webcomic that, that does the 70, the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. And, no. Oh, God. No, it's, it's brilliant because it's, it's, it's got things in it like a sergeant in motion outranks a lieutenant standing still and everything is airdroppable once. But the one that sticks with me and the one that, that I, I, I balance this one around is that failure is not an option. It's mandatory. The option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. And I, I just find that very that, – that's a very powerful statement because failure is a part of life or missing goals or, or whatever. So how do you deal with that particular how, situation? Um, I think – I think because I've, I was a, I was a dancer. I, I trained my whole life. I was a professional dancer, and from an early age, you know, you're you're auditioning, right. and you're getting a lot of no's. So you can't. You just learn. You you can't take it personally. Uh, you know, the same when you're when you're acting, when you're auditioning for roles, you could be a brilliant actor or actress, but you just don't have the look for what they have and what the director has in their head. Right. So you, I think I just, I've just learned to pick myself up, brush myself off and be like, is this a you thing or is it a me thing? And if it's a me thing, what do I need to do to correct the course? Correct. And again, I think that's because of, of growing up in the dance world where every single class you're, you're, you're getting corrections. And if you don't get a correction, you're like, you know, like, why aren't you giving me a correction? Yeah. Because there is, there, you, you're, you're reaching for perfection, but you don't 
ever really attain it. Like that's the whole, you know, you can always Mm -hmm. extend a little bit more. You can plie a little bit deeper, uh, point your foot a little bit harder. So I, I think that's why, um, when I've had situations in my life that might've been devastating for other people, um, I just kind of bounce back, you know, because I'm trained. (laughs) Yeah. I've literally been trained to bounce back and I just pick myself up and dust myself off and move on because you can either sit there and wallow Mm -hmm. and have a, you know, woe is me, or you can just figure, you know, have a little pity party for, for a little while and then pick yourself up and go, okay, so how do I get myself out of this? Or how do I, you know, like you're always, nobody is going to have the silk road, right? Like right. there's always going to be potholes and, and, you know, if you let those, those little bumps in the road trip you up, mm-hmm. then you're in for a very bumpy ride. Having seen last year, some of the original silk road, I can tell you that the silk road is not very smooth itself. So. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. thinking it was like a, like a literal silk road. Yeah, but yeah I, 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 I know. But... I really nice when I said that metaphor. I'm like, that's probably not a really good metaphor because I know that like, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure the road is not very smooth. <laughs> the, 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 the ruins in Tibet are amazing. At, like this is the first, this was the first stop for the, for the Tibetan government to take their taxes when you were on the Silk Road. So, yeah. Um, oh, cool. Wow. Not much left of that road. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but yeah, I think yeah. it's just, uh, it, it's, I think part of it too is um, maybe a lot of people have been so coddled. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I kind of, um, I kind of worry about like some of the next generation. Uh, you know, I, I live in Latin America. And Latin mothers, ah, I'm your mother, keep us so, you know, like they're just so like, like they want to wrap the kids in bubble wrap. And um, my, my husband, who's Costa Rican, and I have, with our daughter, we were always very like, she fell down or something. We'd like, wait and see, is she is she actually hurt? We didn't yeah. say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Great. But we didn't go rushing in there like, you know, we're in the hospital, mm-hmm. like the ambulance. And, um, you know, and she's a competitive horse jumper and she, she competes internationally. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you can't, like, of course I've always have my heart in my throat when she's going over those jumps, but you, you, that, I think that has built so much of her character mm-hmm. because, you know, she literally falls off the horse and gets back up. And I think for, so I think something like that is so beneficial for kids because it's just, you gotta like that's life. Yeah, yeah. No, the the fell down. Did you scrape your knee? Are you? Yeah, it fell down. Are you okay? Uh, that that whole cycle. I think it's it's very interesting um, because yeah, my kids uh, somewhat the same way. If, are you? You know, there was the. Are you bleeding? No, you're fine. That that may yeah. be a dad thing. That may be a dad thing. Um, or. Uh, you know, is anything broken? No. The one time you get a yes, which I think happened to my sister, that's when everything just sort of clunks into place. And you're like, what? You know, but, um, yeah. you know. Are yeah, you I had that once. Yeah. <laughs> With, well, luckily, we thought it was a concussion because she had a really bad fall. Ooh. And uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a dog spooked the horse right before a jump. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. anything can happen with a two ton animal, you know? Believe me, I'm aware. Um, uh, our, <laughs> yeah. we have a, we have a friend who is staying on a piece of property down the road and has oxen. And uh, believe me, yeah. I understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So mellow, and then if they want to be, they can tear down trees. So take out cars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're crazy. Most of the time, they're just like, "Is that water and food?" All right, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, other side of that question, the happy <laughs> but difficult question for some people: Do you celebrate successes, and if so, how? Um, I do. In fact, uh, I have a right now I have a, a self liquidating offer, which is a it's a small package that I'm selling to a cold audience online through Facebook mm-hmm. ads you know, for twenty seven dollars. And then there's right. like a, you know, like an order bump and an upsell. Anyways, every single time I make a sale, I do a little happy dance. I actually have a little dance I do. Right. Of, I made a sale. So um, and my whole family jo- joins in because. It doesn't matter if it's only $27 or $44 or whatever. It's, it's celebrating every little win. Mm-hmm. And because um, I believe that, A, that hardwires you to expect success. Uh, B, if you want to get a little bit woo-woo and metaphysical, is, is opening, is calling that from the universe so that you have more. And, um, and plus, we all need more joy in our life. There, there, no lie there. No lie there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. So every time we have a new client or we have something that, you know, we get a interview with like Forbes or whatever, I do my little happy dance. Cool. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons I say it's, it's difficult is so many people have trouble with that very thing. Um, do you celebrate success? Uh, no, I just, you know, the reward for success is is, is more work. Like, I, but, you know, you just sold the book. Yes, now I have to write it. Or um, you, you know, uh, you completed a big project at work. Uh-huh, now I have to figure out the next big project. You know, taking that moment to acknowledge that success is so important, and um, it's great to hear someone who's, like, integrated that into their into their daily. <laughs> and I think maybe because that is, again, going back to the dance world, mm-hmm. you know, back to theater at the end of your, of the, the show, you take your bow. Right. And right. if you, like you, you relish that moment of success, like, and, and that appreciation for what you've just done. So I think that's maybe again, why I'm hardwired mm-hmm. that way, because it's like, okay, like we have to celebrate this moment. There's like a little bit of closure there. Because oh, you've nice. hit that goal, you know, it's like it's like in, in track, you, you, you've you've run past the finish line and um, you've literally hit the goal. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like. You then you can move on to the, to the, the next thing. Like, to me, it's just a little bit of closure. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things about uh, what I do in the IT world um, is that sometimes it just feels like there's never that closure because. Either a bug needs to be addressed or um, 
maybe it's an ongoing thing and you're dependent on five other people to get it fixed. So you might have that little victory of it fixed right now, but you know it's going to break again or you know it's going to do the same thing. And it's really hard to wrap your head into uh, any sort of celebration until the, the whole thing comes together and it's like you never have to deal with this again. Yeah. Um, you know, then you can pick celebration. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is why we... Well, not this year, but we would, you know, when we would get together as a team or whatever, there would be one or two nights after the official work stuff at the uh, at the barcade, you know, down the road from the actual work event, so that we could so that we could just spend that time and be like, you remember that thing? Yeah, that was that was a we never have to deal with it again, uh, you know. And here's a beer, yeah, or, uh, yeah, just that sort of thing. All right. That's all the questions. Awesome. So we have a time opened up. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to tell our uh, our, our listeners about uh, this? Often this is the, uh, I, I would say, this is the self-promotion time or the, the show. But if there's there's anything else you want to talk about, now's, now's the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, obviously I'm, if anybody ha- is like a, business owner or an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I cannot uh, stress. By the way, I'm going to run real quick and over to here because my, my uh, computer is about to die. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find, the, find, that, find that power, yeah. Find the power source. Um, I cannot stress enough how important it is to do publicity, um, mm-hmm. how to use earned media, because we were talking earlier about social media, which is great, but it has a shelf life of you know a carton of milk um literally some of it disappears into the ether within 24 hours so um when when you have earned media i still get people contacting me from an article that was in a magazine eight years ago it lives on and i mean that's so important it's important for seo it's important for your credibility because that's the other thing Social media, we're the, usually you're the one driving it. Right. Oh, look at me. Here's how great my life is. Oh, look at me. I, uh, well, that's like an ad, right? We can say anything in an ad. But with Earth Media, it's like a third, it's a third, per, it's a neutral third party who is literally saying that you are the real deal. Um, and that has huge credibility. That actually um, studies show it has seven times more credibility than an ad. So, um, yeah, I just think if anyone who has their own business uh, as an author, whatever, you you really need to start. And it only takes like 10 minutes a day. Like you don't have to, you know, people think it takes hours. Like how many how much time do people spend on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, you know, all this other LinkedIn to try to put content and, and you know, be out there and, and you know, be seen. You could spend a lot less time if you get into like, you know, I, I got on to um, called uh, Hello Giggles in, in May. It's um, it's a blog that was created by Zoe Deschanel, the, the actress. Oh, OK. Yeah. And, yeah. So I was I was, you know, featured in an article that they had written. That's one point three million viewers. Like how many. So how much time would I have to spend on social media to be seen in front of 1.3 million people? 
right? right? With right, the right. algorithm, it's only maybe 2% of my Facebook fans would ever see anything I put out there. Uh, it's depressingly lower if you don't pay them. I sat down and I did the, I did the numbers because I, you know, the podcast, all, all of our podcasts have a page, right? Uh, I'm actually probably starting one up for the chicken cam. Um, but the, the whole idea where it would just pop up and say, you have 5,000 5, people liked and follow your page. The engagement on this post was 2%. Yeah. Because that's how many people we let see it pay us to improve that number. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 that's the thing that people like just, they don't get. And, um, the thing is like, you know, with the media, you're, you're basically, you're using their megaphone to get your, your message out to their audience. Mm-hmm. Their, their audience is already engaged. They already, already trust them. Right. So then you've got that whole no like, and trust factor is going to be like, fast tracked and uh it's just going to have so much more, like you know more you're going to have better clients you're going to quickly position yourself as as an expert right mm-hmm. and that then you start moving to that blue ocean category where you don't have any competition right right and that's what we're I mean, really not like why is everybody spending so much time on social media Credibility, build an audience, be seen as an expert. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You can short track that by using earned media. And and the side effect is, of course, that when you do have a, like, I find myself when I'm looking people up, I'm like, okay, uh, oh, here's a great article. What else have they written? What's their social media? It actually drives towards that, as uh, as as we would say in the in in the dark languages of sales and marketing and all of that, it drives engagement. It actually brings in more audience than trying to do it all ground up. I mean, yeah. you know, I did a couple of years in in um, as a sales engineer, so I, I learned what a lot of this means. Uh, so it was software, but still, um, you you sales is a sink or swim. They don't often they yeah. don't tell you how to do it they're just like all right now go sell this and you're like but i've never done this i don't care if you've never done it before you got to do it um and that's but that's something that uh, it's a skill set and a learning curve that isn't you know a lot of authors a lot of um entrepreneurs obviously uh don't have and never had to do the sink or swim and so it's just like you know get people to help you know like yeah call on the expert you don't, you don't, well, okay, maybe if you don't know how to fix the toilet, you, you don't call a plumber, you figure it out on your own and, or go watch a YouTube video. But like, I can look at my dishwasher and go, I can fix X and Y. And now I'm going to call the professional because I, this is way above my pay grade. Yeah. 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 It's that 10, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell, I think is the one that mm-hmm. came up with the 10,000 hours. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's again, it's like, Call in the people who have put in their 10,000 hours yeah. so that you can focus on what you've put your 10,000 hours. Because again, we, can, we can't be, we can't be masters of everything. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. comes back to that saying no so that you can open up for the right yes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're busy, um, trying to figure out how to do this on your own, then you're, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and, lot, and also being frustrated. Like, oh, this doesn't work. Why? You know, like, yeah. Like, you know, honestly, I don't like, I don't like doing social media. So 
<laughs> I have my VA do it because honestly, right. like I, I have no like putting together, you know, graphics and run like on Instagram, whatever. It does not interest me. Like I, I, that's not where my interest or my, my, my genius lies. Right. I'd rather pay someone to do that so I can focus on what I do really well mm-hmm. and do that for myself. And that's why, you know, my clients pay us because we're really good at publicity and so they'd do. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So now we're getting people into books from by Harper Collins and getting into business <laughs> insider and interviewed by Forbes and entrepreneur. Yeah. They could learn to do it themselves. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery, but it's that well, learning curve and the time. And it would be, and it's, it's much, uh, as, as we found with, with, uh, my wife, Ursula's works, um, it's much less stressful if the publicist deals with, you know, here's the blog appearance, here's the, um, here's the the school visit or the book tour kind of things versus the, all right, let's go start sending stuff out and find out whose blog I can post on or, you know, drum up reviews on Amazon or, uh, no, they're they're. They're a specialist for that, and uh, what is painful and time-consuming for her when she could be writing or working in the garden or working in the garden or sleeping, uh, all sort of, you know, it's it's great to have, to be able to say, I am not an expert, I will get an expert. Yeah. To do that. Yeah, like what we what we do with our clients is like we go out, we, we do the research, Mm-hmm. We do the listening to the podcasts, reading the articles, writing yeah. the pitches, coming up with the story ideas. And then when we do have, um, you know, I also, we monitor Haro, help a reporter out, which is a free mm-hmm. tool, Haro.com. Three times a day, they have over a hundred reporters that um, are looking for experts to interview in various categories. So I literally stop what I'm doing every time it comes out, scan everything. If I see something that works for one of our clients, um, I'll send it over and I'll say either I'll go through all the answers we've already done with other queries and see if there's mm-hmm. something there I can piece together so I don't have to even bother my client. <laughs> but if I need them, then I'll say you can box through me or you can send me a voice message. So they don't have to even write. They just can just and then I just tran- we just transpose it, edit it and send it off. Nice. Oh, all right. So where can we find all of this online? Where can we find you online? Okay. Well, I am the only Larissa Banting in the world. <laughs> it is like, what, um, yeah, we're, very, we're a very small family. And uh, I'm the only one with this Ukrainian first name and a very Anglo last name. So um, it's LarissaBanting.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have my blog there as well as um, everything from my little $27 project product that's available for people who want to start doing PR on their own. Um, we have a course, we have a done for you service. And of course, then we have our, our full agency for people who are ready to take it to the next step. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you so much. It's been absolute joy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, maybe we'll check in in a couple months, uh, when maybe it won't be COVID time anymore. Fingers crossed. (laughs) And, uh, We'll see how it changes after that. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, no, thank you for, for taking the time out. And for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. 
All right, we are back, and Ursula had a chance to to do a quick scroll through of the news. Please do not report it. I will. Um, they, they, yeah, we get enough of that, and it's probably going to be outdated by the time people are listening to this anyway. Um, I want to thank Larissa for taking the time to talk to us. It was absolutely fantastic. Also, Larissa's home is beautiful, and I'm still very jealous of uh, their coffee. <laughs> um, because Costa Rica, man. Oh. So, yeah. Um, so that uh, was a lot of fun, and I hope a nice distraction for everybody and uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff in there a lot of good stuff in there i had a great time and i believe larissa did too so that is that this week our word our badge code is pivot x2 pivot times two and because larissa pivoted twice and i thought it was just fascinating to hear how all of that was structured um because it's not an easy thing to do to no. to to take what you do, change it completely, and then change it completely again. And uh, it was really, really fascinating. Wait, I think I kind of did that. It was a very slow pivot, though. Yeah, yeah. Because I went from being an illustrator to being a writer. Yes. In this case, um, since you haven't listened, but everybody else knows that, uh, Larissa had gone from being a movie promotions person to running a wedding destination to being now a promotions because you know what you can't do in in uh, a pandemic you go to destination weddings yeah that's the one yeah so it uh, just uh, an amazing amazing kind of thing no that's interesting just because i never thought of it as having been a a pivot before it was so. well yeah yours was a pivot but it was it was a slow pivot not a oh god we have to do not something a certain right now 90 degree 90 miles an hour yeah. jerk the wheel yeah yeah we were making all of this we, we have all of this everything's very successful and then grinding halt oh so, yeah 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 um major kudos for making it work yeah and that's so that's that's our word, our, our badge for this week. Um, also, I just want to blurt this out because it got completely lost in the news yesterday. Uh, yeah. Well, over here it did, possibly where it came out. Um, the UK edition of my horror novel, oh, The Hollow Places, yes. came out yesterday, which uh, obviously no one in the US cared, but we had our, our the uh, the book out already. A lot of people in the UK uh are also watching with bated breath. So you guys might have missed it as well. If you did, <laughs> Hollow yes. Places, the cover from Titan Books is so gorgeous. It causes me physical pain. The designer is amazing. Uh, it's a good book. I'm mm -hmm. proud of it. It's shortlisted for the British... No, no, the British Fantasies Twisted Ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's on the Goodreads list, uh, Goodreads Horror uh, finalist. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, and And just... Just the sort of distraction we need right now is a nice, cozy, existential horror. And it's, uh, I will say this, it is readable and page-turny and chatty and uh, the the cat lives. Yeah, that's the important part. Yes. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Um, if you feel the need to support us, uh, don't. I mean, do share, like, tell your friends about it, recommend it. I've been seeing some great tweets of people saying, hey, you should check out this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who does that. We love you. But we don't need money. Yeah, right we're now. we're doing good right yeah. now. Uh, Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking had hit apparently at a really good time. So yeah. we're fine for a while. We're great. Yeah. Uh, no. Give money. Um, I've been... I. I 
Find the GoFundMes, obviously, that mm-hmm. uh, that speak to you. A lot of your friends probably need help. Uh, the Alongside Wild Foundation, always yep. a joy. Uh, bail funds always need money. F- uh, food banks always need money. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, and that's that's the thing. It is We're coming up on, on the big food bank push season. And let me be honest, the food bank doesn't need your can of last year's green beans. Yeah, give them money because money. Uh, – and I realize that people have this idea they should give canned goods. No. If you give them money, they have they have deals with wholesalers. They can get wholesale stuff. Your buck will go way farther with them. Nobody actually wants the can of French cut green beans. Right. And if they do, then – Okay, great. They have that. But more importantly, like the staples, rice, beans, uh, especially in times where the general populace is like, we need to have all of this dry stuff in storage. Like that was a big hit to a lot of the food banks uh, this spring. And so they spent a lot of time just taking 100-pound bags of rice. And I know this because I did it as a volunteer event in San Francisco and breaking them down into one-pound bags for distribution. The uh, uh, Meals on Wheels is also a great thing to support because a lot of senior citizens are stuck at home, even more so with the pandemic. Uh, I'm a recurring donor to Meals on Wheels, mm-hmm. uh, something to consider. As a matter of fact, let's let's make that one sort of this week's focus. Spon- yes. Focus uh, sponsorship. Our sponsoring them, uh, <laughs> you know, is Meals on Wheels. So I'll, I'll have links. That will be our, like, the top link yeah. in... The show notes that I'm trying to do that last week, it was the Alongside Wild Foundation. Yes. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. try to showcase Try them, to spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. They do good work. They never have enough budget. And they are frequently the only person that some of these people will see in the course of a week. And uh, so. My, my maternal grandfather drove for them and did deliveries. Yeah. While before he when when he could still drive, that was you know uh, this was a while ago. But, yeah, part of um, the reason that you know I would like to move my mother down here to North Carolina at some point in the next few years is that I live in fear of her just you know being alone in the house and not wanting to complain and you know not having anyone coming by. And mom's in great shape. She's oh yeah, only you know like I think she's sixty seven. She's you know. She was ju- she's painting the house and under the house, you know, doing uh, uh, she was putting up wire to keep rats out a while ago. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. yeah, it took about eight hours. I was under the house with a with a nail gun and wire. And I'm like, Mom, what the fuck? I, I would uh, you I would have paid for someone to rat proof the underside of your trailer. Oh, my God. And she's like, no, it was fine. I didn't want to bother you. And I'm like, Mom. And she's like, it only took eight hours. I'm like, that's eight hours in a crawl space. How did you do it? And she said, well, I sang um, We Will Overcome and I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. And uh, I'm like, holy God. So what you're saying is maybe getting a fixer-upper down here is not a bad thing. I don't want it to be that fixer-upper. <laughs> Because because yeah. you realize there's a lot of heavy object lifting. Oh yeah, that will oh yeah. Be you. Oh so. right. No, let's 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 avoid that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, thank you so much for all of your support and listening. Do your best, folks. Take some time, disconnect, get away from the madness because and it's the only thing to do for this for this week and several weeks to come. You have dispensation from us at Productivity Alchemy. Your escapism counts as. 
as yeah, productivity. So being uh, productive, being productive. Thank you. Okay, yes. that one just went right past yeah, me. So, God, yeah. I, I I set up a beautiful segue. You did. And Kevin stares at me you like did. you know a, a gold one of those bobble eyed goldfish. Look, it's it's been a long couple of days. Also, we're a little hungover. Just a tad. Yeah. 